0: Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. Understanding yourself and the power that comes with it. Now I understand. I realize that much of the reason we fail to understand others is because we rarely take the time to understand ourselves. I also recognize how we people are so eager to be validated by forces outside ourselves, it becomes an uncomfortable and unreasonable challenge to be valued by our own selves. Others valuation which takes place outside of us is in part why we struggle with internal balance and that elusive yet prevailing sense of peace. With this sense of reality in mind, I decided to line it all up. I decided to put this thing in perspective. I chose to take a moment of pause and deal with these evolving perceptions which helped me come to terms along the way and these firm conclusions which may in effect help you come to terms along the way as well. And maybe you could achieve some solid conclusions of your own. So let's take this walk. First, it's time to think about how we think. What most people consider to be thinking is really just reacting. And if you're habitually reacting, you're not really thinking. Our biggest problem isn't time or the environment It's not poverty or the wage gap. It's not health care or the trade imbalance or even cultural confusion. Our biggest problem is the way we think. It has blown my mind over the years to discover that people honestly believe that they think they are certain. They, They are certain that they think. And then they actually make thoughts happen. And they actually believe that there's a rational process they go through to come to conclusions they do. Hey, but hold up. I'm sure that you analytical ones out there believe in your decisive power of thought. But in my experience, the process of thought isn't what we believe it to be. In fact, many of the people I meet don't actually have a process at all. For example, please observe and absorb what's happening at this very moment. You're listening to this conclusion of mine and you're reacting to it. You have a feeling about whether it's right or current or accurate and reasonable, or in some way a corresponding thought like your own. You call your reactions thought. That's the way most of our thinking works, in reaction. And where does this reaction take place? It takes place in those body of thoughts, feelings, conclusions, associations that make up our previous thought base, in the place which has been concocted from our past. In our memories of successes, of failures, of hurts, of wrongs, of good feelings, of bad feelings, we come to our conclusions now. Our past experiences assure us of how it is, how he is, how she is, and how things work. In short, in the composite of you, it's the sum total of you, at least up to now in your persona, your personality, in the human being called to by that recognizable phrase and that body you're walking around in, that person wearing your name. In there is where all the perceptions and determinations come from. And you know what? Sometimes that's a problem. Yes, in fact, for most of us, it is. Because once it begins, and it starts pretty early, and for many, it began a long, long time ago, it never stops. It continues to reward itself, blame itself, confuse itself, and congratulate itself for the decision it has made and continues to make as to its success or failure at making its way through the world. All you have to do is just think about it, and you'll know it's true. And once you do, then apply that logic to the nature of your actions and your business, because your business does exactly the same thing through the people who work there, through the people who used to work there, through the decisions, conclusions, reactions, behaviors, each and every one of them have had and continue to have on the personality, the behavior of your company or your environment today and tomorrow and forever until something changes. What would change, you ask, the way you think? Yes, the way you think. The way you think about time, the way you think about money, The way you think about management, the way you think about marketing, about the very thought of thinking itself. How you think determines every single thing you do. How do you think? Ask yourself that question. And as you do, you will begin to better understand what I've learned and what the phrase means about working on your business rather than just in it. The fact that this is more than just a catchphrase, it represents a fundamental and transformative change in the way we think about our business, period. Then it can carry over to your life and your deeds and your giving and your receiving and your tasks and your goals and your dreams and all the decisions you make. If you give yourself a new chance to think new thoughts in new ways, you'd be surprised what you might come up with. I've done it, so that's why I'm saying it. Now I'm in a weird place. What I'm not afraid to come up and ask new questions is, and where I'm not afraid to come up and ask new questions, is an important place. I like new questions. I like to come to new conclusions, turn toward new directions, and accept that maybe, just maybe, my thoughts can now be products of current, evolved, level-headed, balanced, and welcoming perspectives. I'm walking into 2020 thinking this way so that this new period can be a welcoming and beautiful thing in a graceful and grateful place. And best wishes to you as well for marching into this now new 2020 period and having some good thoughts of your own. Thank you. It's been a pleasure thinking with you. And now since my leg is elevated and joining its skin back together, and merging and molding around the titanium tool, which was once my human God given me, I pause. Then I reflect on the special task of unlocking the body's ability to heal itself. I am a physical specimen of action. I am 63-year-old martial arts instructor, businessman, and all-around very active guy. I relate to this makeup and other people when I meet them as well. It has been cool for me to move. It has, been a wondrous, it has been wondrous for me to jump and kick and roll and grasp and throw, and for a little while, over a little distance, even fly. And along that path, I can remember standing on the wrestling mat now 50 years ago, feeling a lot more than most 12-year-olds, when my coach at the time could grasp and tangle, lift and throw an opponent. I could feel it acutely in my nervous system. While I had already endured much toil and trauma by then, none of it mattered. I was home. I knew in my bones that I would be using my body as a tool forever. I certainly didn't have the vocabulary to explain it at the time, but I was absolutely certain. After years of physical repetition and a constant breathing and sweating and surging, I started becoming in touch with something different, something intrinsic and heavily wired inside. of me. At night, I could feel energy running through my body like waves of water or bolts of electricity. Was my body interacting with some extraordinary force, or was it just physiologically functioning and operating like a flower does when it's growing, or a tree branch does when it swings back after you pull an apple off of it? Although I pondered at various times why I felt more in touch with my physicalness than many others, I did. I just kept going. I loved what the wrestling, boxing, and ultimately karate experience was, as a crazy electrical conduit which has fueled my existence for many decades, so I continued. As I continued studying martial arts, my experience and expertise became a tool to manifest the power of this acute sensitivity, a channel from my energy to travel through. Over these many years of intense training, I began to devise a new theory on how the body works. In some ways, I've now determined that we are electromagnetic generators the receiving point of an an energetic circuit that connects us to forces around us. And by manipulating the body into certain positions, we can trigger new responses, perhaps even prompt healing. In fact, before I experienced these kinds of recoveries with past knee injuries, hip injuries, eye surgeries, deep lacerations, breaks, sprains, hematomas, and lots of bruises, I had no clue that my body was learning something. My physical perspective was growing just like my mental and emotional and spiritual one. I ultimately, although inadvertently, learned certain techniques to simply breathe, rest, regenerate, and believe. Yes, my body has a cluster of battle scars and defined evidence of trauma. But you know what? Each one of those events made me stronger, not weaker. And consequently, I feel like a very blessed and lucky man, who tries every day to impart this wisdom and share his power with my growing circle of influence. We have a strange set of abilities inside of us, all of us. When we stop to pay attention and refine those great gifts and tools, and so partly because of this, I have learned another thing along the way, which may seem contradictory to what seems like power in my previous statement. The even more important thing I've learned is for all manner of situation and circumstance, and that is to oftentimes check your ego at the door. Yeah, you might have learned a lot of stuff, but you can't do much with it if you always need to be the H-N-I-C. For those that don't know what that means, it just means the head cheese, the top dog, and the boss man. Even though in many cases the title on my business card had corporate or organizational power on it. I learned to settle down and let new energy in. Admittedly, I am still and will always be working on this aspect of it all, but it surely is a better way and a better alternative than trying to be the loudest and most annoying voice in the room. Here's a few reasons we should consider this aspect of our reality. Again, it's gonna be 2020 y'all. We have to be better, stronger, sharper, and more ready to present our talents to the world. If done right, we can change that very world. Ego problems, why they mislead and confuse us. Ego will often mislead us, confuse us, and take us down some very slippery slopes. It blinds us from accepting responsibility for our own mistakes, and it makes us inept to realizing what we need to correct, where we need to grow, and what we really need to do in order to step up our game. If you constantly look to justify yourself and your actions and glorify yourself in comparison to others, where do you learn and grow? Are you honest with yourself as far as your shortcomings? Would you be able to make brave decisions that will not depend on stroking your ego and sense of self-worth? Here are five questions to ask yourself in order to realize if your ego is in control. Number one, do I dislike it when other people succeed? Number two, do I constantly compare myself to others? Number three, Do I tend to reject advice? Number four, do I tend to be defensive? Number five, do I only see others as the problem? Many would think of people who are led by their ego as people with a very strong sense of self-worth. The subconscious reality of an ego in charge is completely different. I really learned a lot about this stuff now, and I know it can be uncomfortable. But honestly, sometimes we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. A hungry ego that needs to be constantly fed is typically the sign of a sense of feeling weak or insecure. It usually leads to decisions that are irrelevant to the situation and oftentimes damaging to the situation. This is because the main consideration becomes feeding the ego, not doing what is right for the circumstance. Being human. We are all controlled by our ego to one degree or another. We all want to be validated. We all swallow our pride when criticized or in life or people show us our shortcomings that we would, quite frankly, rather not see. There is no definite line on where the ego takes over. But the overall rule is that the weaker our self-confidence is, the stronger our ego becomes. This would be most evident in our decision-making process. And, you know, here's a thought about how to leave your ego at the door. The basis for keeping it under control is being real and working on our self-confidence, on the other hand, while remaining humble on one. Sounds opposite and challenging, doesn't it? Well, here are some things that you can do to figure it out. One is to realize that self-confidence and ego are completely different. Confidence is earned through hard work and tangible and objective accomplishments. The ego, however, is based on the subjective notion that you're better than others, and know better than others. For that reason, the ego is a delusion regarding our place in the world, and we should treat it as such. Uh, a, a second one is uh, a bloated ego stands in the way of learning. This leads to a sense of entitlement, self-absorption, overconfidence, pride, and greed. The best way to counteract this is to remain a lifelong student. Keep reminding yourself that you came to this earth to learn, grow, and become better. Being in a position of a forever learning student will guard you from an overinflated sense of knowledge, which is the worst manifestation of a bloated ego. And another thought is beware of ego-inflating social media narratives. Part of our obsession with social media has to do with creating narratives that are detached from our day-to-day reality and create narratives about our lives and feed our hungry egos. This is artificial and not helpful to our learning and growth as people in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Worst of all, we're telling stories that are not our actual experiences and by that, create an even wider gap between reality-based learning and ego-based narratives. Look, drop jealousy and embrace learning. Seeing someone successful, great. Drop the jealousy, drop diminishing someone else's accomplishments, drop the comparisons and feeling sorry for yourself that you are not as lucky. Seeing someone succeed is a great life lesson to embrace. After all, we learn by imitation. See what they did, learn from what they did, figure out what you can do differently and do it better. When the ego is kept under control, when you're a humble student of the universe, amazing things can happen. Remember, when ego is lost, when ego is lost, limit is lost. You become infinite, kind and beautiful. Leave that ego behind when you pack for success and see how powerful and successful you will become. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!